Why don't you have me 2 Kings chapter 13. 2 Kings chapter 13. I believe God is calling every believer to be determined to conquer and break through. Every one of us makes my choices. You're designed, you're designed by God to break through adversities and difficulties in life. How many know it's no fun being defeated? It's actually quite depressing to be defeated. I don't even like losing. It's nothing good about that. But when you win, oh, yes. There is something great about winning. How many know what's something great about winning? Because God has wired every one of us. Every one of us, when God originally created man, he put a mandate into man, subdue and have dominion. In other words, face challenges head on. Face the things in this world which are out of order, are not the way God intended, and begin to exert an influence on them to bring them under the dominion of Jesus Christ. We are equipped with spiritual weapons to change what is happening around us. But we've got to determine to fight. You've got to determine to overcome. Here's some keys here I'm going to share out of the story. You know, the greatest victories inevitably come out of the ones we fight on the inside. The biggest battles are the ones on the inside. Overcoming your fear, overcoming your thoughts, overcoming internal struggles. Those are where the most of the battles are. And we are as victorious as we want to be. You choose the level of freedom you have. If you're bound up to nine in heaviness, well, you've accepted it. If you've allowed things to sit on your life, well, that was your choice. But God says there's something great. Jesus said, I come to give you abundant life. To have that life, I've got to make a choice to lay hold of it. Jesus said that things of the kingdom of God are taken hold of by force. Why did he say that? Why did he say a certain people press in to take hold of what God says? Very simply, because there is an enemy in this world seeks to hold you down, contain you, oppress you, steal from you. Jesus called him a thief and a robber. He has got one thing in mind, to stop you realizing your destiny and what God called you to do. His plan is to steal from you every good thing. You got some joy? That's a good thing. I'll steal that from you. Uh, yeah, bring you a bit of heaviness and depression. You got some finance? I'll steal that away from you too. Anything you've got that is worthwhile, the devil is purposed and he works 24 7, 365 a year. Take it away, destroy it, get rid of it out of people's lives. You have to decide while you're in this world that you are not going to live out of limitations. You're going to live drawing on the life of God, which is an overcoming life. I want to show you some things, just some simple keys out of the story here. It says, now Elisha was uh, fallen sick of the sickness whereof he died. And I don't understand why he died, and I don't understand why he got sick. No idea whatsoever. But he did have life still in his bones. Because afterwards they threw a body on his bones, and the guy came alive and got resurrected from the dead. That's pretty good, isn't it, eh? He must have still carried something in him. Now Elisha was fallen sick. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him, wept over him, his face, and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said to him, Take bow and arrows. And he took him bow and arrows. And, he's, and he, put, he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. He put his hand on it. Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. He said, Open the window eastward. And he opened it. And then he said, Shoot. He shot the arrow. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance, the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you shall smite the Syrians in Aphek till you've consumed them. I like that. And he said, Take the arrows. And he took them. He said, Smite them on the ground. And he smote them on the ground three times, and then he stopped. And the man of God was angry with him. Angry. Angry at his half-hearted response. He 
said, it's tragic that you only did that three times. You'll only win three victories. It was within your power to totally overwhelm the enemy and take back everything he has taken from you. Let's have a look into the story. I want to pick up some keys in here that, uh, that you can draw uh, from out of this story. We need to learn from all of these stories. I love about the Bible. It tells you not only the guys who did well, it tells you ones who goofed up as well. And so we can learn from the ones who did well. We learn from the ones who goofed up. And hopefully we don't have to repeat the same mistakes. So it tells us, Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him. Now, the reason that Joash came down was because the army of the Syrians had surrounded the nation of Israel. And it continually was pushing in on them and confining them. And the king needed a breakthrough. He was surrounded by natural physical enemies. He felt contained, pushed out. The enemies had invaded part of his land, taken over part of what belonged to him. And he was oppressed by this. And uh, this is a picture for us where the devil comes into our life, pushes on us, finances, relationships, our health, various areas of our life, pushing, 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 trying to contain you, trying to hold you down, trying to get you to live the low life short of what God has called us to live. And here's some things that are key to getting a breakthrough. Number one, you need to come into the presence of God. Joash knew where to go to get a breakthrough. He didn't go and get another DVD out. He didn't go out and ask someone out in the world to counsel him. He didn't go looking for someone to help him. He came to Elisha. The name Elisha means salvation of God or our God is our salvation. When you're facing stresses and pressures, when things are mounting up around you, you're feeling contained or limited, the first step to get a breakthrough is to come into the presence of God, to choose to go to prayer, to choose to worship. Now, the Bible tells us how you can come into the presence of God. You don't come into the presence of God miserable and defeated and downcast. You come in a certain way. The Bible tells us the protocol for approaching God. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That's why no matter what condition we feel like, whether it's cold or hot, no matter what it's like outside, whether we're having a good day or a bad day, if you want to enter the presence of God, you do it the way God says to do it. Come boldly, come with praise, come with gratitude, don't come with a depression. You come with a depression, then there'll be something between you and God. You'll just stay depressed. You have to choose to make an offer. You have to choose to do something. And he chose to do something. He chose to come to Elisha. He chose to come to Elisha, God of salvation. If you're facing pressures today, if you're facing uh, challenges, obstacles, difficulties, may just be that young people in an area of witnessing, trying to reach your friends, it's like it's really hard going right now. Come into the presence of God. Step number one, come into the presence of God. Begin to worship Him, draw near to Him. Number two, you notice here what the man of God said. He said, take a bow and arrows. You've got to choose to fight. You've got to choose to stand up and fight. You can't lie down in life and let life roll over you. you can't, we're not called to do that. We're called to make a difference. You don't make a difference by lying down and letting life roll over you. He said, take up a bow and arrow. In other words, get some weapons in your hands. Determine that you're going to fight. You have to make a decision that you're going to fight. 
So uh, no use just coming into compromise and hoping if I just give up, you know, I let go, then it'll all go away. It's no use just coming and crying and weeping before God. God is not moved by your tears. He's not moved by someone saying how bad life is. That does not move God. He does not move. He's not moved by you telling him how bad life is. He knows already. He said, well, I've got a great victory for you. Why don't you believe in the victory rather than believe in all the problems? What are you going to believe in? The problems? Are you going to believe in the victories? Are you going to believe as a good God, I'm determined to help you and bring breakthrough for you? You've got to choose what you're going to do. And you've got to fight. You've got to have an attitude inside you. See, this is one of the things that we have to understand. In our region, there's an apathy sits over the people of this region. Now, interesting here. And you say, well, it's a great region. Look at it. Vineyards, a lovely place, a blue sky. Man, I come home from overseas. I look and I whoa, whoa, thank you, God, for putting me here. This is a good place to be. Blue skies. Man, I've been in a place for 10 days and it's no blue sky. And I see nothing but gray. All the, look around you, it's all gray, you know. And I come home and I say, whoa, a blue sky. Trees, fields. Oh, it's lovely. Beautiful. And yet, here we have one of the second highest suicide rates in the world. Per capita. Why would that be so? Well, you can't account for it by looking around you. You have to look into the realm of the spirit and see that there must be something spiritually containing, pushing, oppressing, holding people down. And don't think that it doesn't affect you. It will affect you. The trouble is we get used to something, then we think what's bizarre is normal. We get used to living flat, living sort of depressed, living with what you call the blahs. And when you live with the blahs, after a while, you think that's normal life. And someone comes and they're fired up and they've got some passion inside them. Oh, that's a bit weird, but strange. And so then we've got to reason it away. We've got to reason that we're here and they're there. Oh, that's just their personality. So we've got to find a lot of reasons why they're like that. Instead of actually saying the obvious, they've got something I haven't got because I've chosen to live short of God's plan. God calls you to live on fire. He calls you to live on fire with passion, to be enthusiastic about life, to be zealous about life. Life is where you're living, to enjoy it. Hallelujah. So I, like to, I just come here tonight and I'm thinking, I don't want to just cranky because I've been away or what. But I come back and I thought, by goodness me, there's, a, there's something sitting over everyone here. And I wasn't happy until I started to hear a guitarist go, I'm free on the guitar. I thought, well, that's freedom. Now, you may not have liked it, of course. You may not like it. But you know what I liked? I just liked the fact he felt free to do it. You understand? Because if you're not free to be able to express passion to God, something is wrong. And, and if you're a wet blanket, got a wet blanket ministry, oh, we need to do something to you. We need to flick with a towel or something. I hate wet blankets. Wet blankets throw the blahs over everyone. God hasn't been called us to a wet blanket ministry. He's called us to a fire starting, fire igniting. And to do that, you've got to be on fire. So, determined, you've got to fight. Do not be depressed. Do not be hard-hearted. Do not be slack. Determined, I will not be that way. That is not who I am. You can be like that and be as flat as you like, but it's not who I'm going to be. You've got to decide that. You have to decide that. And no one's going to decide it for you. You decide it. If you want to live depressed, well, be depressed. And enjoy it. And you'll find it's a deep black hole that goes further and further down. Gets darker and darker and darker. But you don't have to stay there. 
You could choose to live in the abundant life that Christ had. You have to choose. Number one, learn how to come into the presence of God. Come strongly and boldly. Number two, determine you're going to fight. If you're feeling down, don't just take it. Stand up and fight. The devil's stealing something from you. Don't just take it. Stand up and fight. Be the man and woman God called you to be. Jesus was not a passive person. He was aggressive and assertive. He used to go into the face of problems and sometimes provoke them. When he came into a church full of religious people and looked around and saw how dis- distant they were from God and their hearts were cold and shut up and they were religious, so he decided to do something deliberately to enrage them. Isn't that nice? Found someone there with a crippled arm, told them to stand up. Then he put it to the church people, is it lawful on the Sabbath to heal the sick? They wouldn't answer him a bit. So he said, stretch out your hand. The man's healed. And do you think they loved that? They were enraged because he broke their tradition, broke through the things they were comfortable with and settled down to. Oh, we never settle down. God, don't settle down. Don't even settle down to Pentecostal tradition. Don't settle down. Stay passionate inside. Determine you're going to maintain the life of God. So you've got to decide. In Hebrews 11:34, it tells us, out of weakness, men of faith were made strong. So here's number three. You've got to lean on the Holy Ghost to help you. Verse 16, he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. He got his hands on the bow. And then Elisha put his hands on top of it. Here it is. You've got to see it now. The king's there, and he's got the bow. And then Elisha, the man of God, comes round behind him and puts his hands on his hands. In other words, he is coming around behind him. He never came around behind him and did that till the man took up the bow. And there's a lot of things in life. God will never help you till you decide you're going to stand up and do what you can. And so he directs you to pray. So the Bible says, you start praying, then the Holy Ghost helps us or takes hold together with us in our weakness or lack in prayer. But you've got to start the praying going. You've got to prime the pump, get something happening. You can't just be passive. And so number three, lean on the Holy Ghost to help you. He put his hands on his hands. See, what he's trying to tell him is this, is listen, even though you stand up to fight, the key to success is not just what you do, it's having God working through you as you do it. Hence, number one, you have to come into the presence of God. And then number two, determine to fight. Number three, lean on God. Begin to depend on God. How do you depend on God? You put your trust in Him. You begin to confess your trust in Him. You begin to pray for His life to flow through you. You pray for Him to give you the opportunities and to help you break through. Lean on God to do it. It doesn't depend on you. The opposition's too big for us to do it on our own. We've got to come boldly to God. He'll help you. Do you think He wants that? Do you think He wants you to be oppressed? Do you think He likes it when He sees demons squirreling around your head? and a cloud of darkness over your head, so you get up to more... Do you think God is joyful about that? He said, You made me so mad. Stand up, boy. Stop praying. Stop fighting. Stop pushing that thing off you. Do something, but don't lie down there in the depression. Don't lie down there and stay defeated. Get up again. Get up again. Get up again. I saw a great little vid clip I downloaded off the internet the other day. And there's a race. And this guy, they come down the hill, shoot down the hill, and every bike came off. 
And this guy was in the lead. He come down and we hit the bottom of the, the thing. He's went straight over the handlebars. You know what he did? He leapt up. His bike was broken and he carried it and he ran across the finish line. I thought, that's, now that's good. That's someone who's determined. Instead of lying on the ground, licking the wounds, get up and go again. Get up and go again. You know, most of the people I've seen in life that ever did anything fell down heaps of times. The one thing was they got up and went again. A lot of people, they're not so gifted. Majority of people are not so gifted, but they make great impact with their life because they just get up and go again. Just won't quit. Don't be a quitter. See, so lean on the paragraph. Here's the next thing. We need to expose the area of our failure or defeat. That's what he said. Open the window eastward. The eastward is the directions the Syrians had come and invaded the land and it created the problems for them. Now, you don't get breakthroughs by pretending there's no problem. When, when, when Alexander uh, was uh, on the earth and when he, what he used to do when he was about to con- go into a new land, he would take a spear. Anyway, saw the movie. He'd take a spear and then he'd launch a spear and throw it through the air symbolically into the land that he was determined to conquer. And he did it in front of people. And it was like a declaration to the invisible spiritual world and to the people out there, I am going to take this and so what you have to do is you have to open, he, he opened the window. He made him open the windows eastward. Eh? Open the windows eastward. Now, eastward was the area where they were defeated. You don't going to get anywhere in life, you don't face things. It's no use just being a person who goes in, you pray about everything and you never do anything. You have to face issues in life. You have to face things in life. Prayer doesn't make everything go away if you didn't realize. You'll see in a moment we've got to put action to our words. But So we have to expose the place of failure or defeat or difficulty. The Israel enemy was to the east and had conquered them and taken some of their cities. And so the man of God said, open up the window that faces out to where the enemy, I want you to look out the window and I want you to look to that thing that embarrasses you. I want you to look to that place where you're defeated. I want you to look at that very thing that is a problem for you. Face it. When, when uh, Lazarus was sick, they said, roll away the stone. He said, oh, but, oh, but it stinks. He said, no, roll it away. Face the situation of death. You can't get anywhere in life avoiding issues, having an ostrich mentality. It's sticking your head in the sand and praying all about it. You have to do more than that. We actually have to face the issues of life. If you've got pin- problems financially, you've got to face them. It's going to be a mixture of spiritual and practical to get it right. If you're going to uh, have any, if you've got problems in the area of fears and insecurities, then face them. Call them what they are. Get them out in the open. Give them a name. Face them. Call them what they are. A lot of things have power on us because they lie in the darkness. The moment you get it out in the open and confess it, bring it out to the light, its power is already hard. The devil works in darkness. If you're struggling with some issue, some area in your life, some place where you're continually defeated, get it out in the open. Call it what it is. Call it by its name. Fear. Lust idolatry, whatever it is, call it what it is. Take it out. Get it right out in the open. The Bible says if we cover our sins, we shall not prosper. If we confess and forsake, then we shall find mercy. We need to, need to do that. It's Proverbs 28, 13. So sometimes we've got, got to tell someone else. But always we have to talk to the Lord about it. You say, well, the Lord knows. Oh, he knows my weakness. And now what he wants you to do is to bring it right out in the open and say straight out, plumb up, Lord I am just so insecure. I get so wound up about things. I'm trusting in the wrong thing. Lord, help me in this. You've got to face these issues. You've got to face things that are there. I found it's quite surprising how people do not want to face issues. If you had a conflict with someone, then face it. It's not going to go away. Face what happened and how you, and take responsibility 
for your part of it and for initiating something to be repaired. Got a conflict with your parents? Don't go blaming them and saying how hard they are. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. Anyway, what you can do is you can take responsibility for your side of it and deal with it. Got a problem with some other person? Take responsibility to do what you can. To do what you can. God doesn't ask you to do everything. He you to do what you can. So hidden things must be faced. Open the window. Tonight, some of you need to open the window up and let the Holy Ghost come in and touch an area of your life. You need to say what it is. Maybe you need to say what it is to someone. The secret struggle. Here's the next thing. You need to put action to your faith. Put action to your faith. So see, notice what he said. He said, shoot. And he shot. And the, and the prophet said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance, the arrow of deliverance from Syria, you'll smite the Syrians in Aphek. That word Aphek means fortress or place of strength until you have consumed them. As I was saying before, we've got to put action to our faith. You've got to do something. Inevitably, when we face issues in our life, the first key is coming into the presence of God. Second is making a decision. I'm going to face, I'm going to stand up and fight. The third one is to bring the thing, lean on the Holy Ghost, bring it out in the open. Then we have to do something. Faith always got some actions with it. So this is what the, the, the king said. He said, I want you to shoot the arrow. And after he shot the arrow, the, the, the man of God spoke a prophetic decree over it. We'll talk to you just in a moment about that. Prophetic decree. Firstly, it's prophetic. It's about, it's coming out of the mouth of God. It's coming as something from God. It's prophetic. It's concerning our situation. So it's going to bring the life of God into it. It's a decree. A decree is a statement. And so when the man fired the arrow, the prophet said something about that arrow. And so many times we have to do things which have a little bit of a prophetic element to them. And uh, so what he did was he did something symbolic and prophetic. He fired the arrow out and the man of God said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance, for you shall smite the enemy till you've consumed them. So notice what he declared. He declared what that arrow was. Now the Bible tells us in the arrow, it tells us that words are arrows. Words are arrows. I'll give you the verse so you can look it up and find out for yourselves. Found Psalm 66, verse 1 to 4. They shot out their arrows, even bitter words. So a word with an attitude is an arrow. It can be an arrow from the enemy. How many people have ever had someone speak bitter or angry words at you, got into you, and man, that thing burnt for days? It was just like someone had hit you with something that was a light and you were on fire. You just couldn't get that thing out of your Actually, it wasn't in your mind. It was in your soul, inside you. Quite in, 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 it's a spirit thing that's got a hold of you. So if people can speak that kind of word and it affects you, you can speak that kind of word and it affects the enemy. And so we have to learn how to speak decrees or to speak the word of God into our circumstance, into our life. The Bible tells us faith speaks. So if there's resistance in the school, you need to begin to start to speak a word of God into the school. You need to speak. We take dominion over the powers withholding souls. We speak deliverance into the school. You need to start to get an attitude and begin to speak. I decree prosperity over my finance. I decree an enlargement in Jesus' name. You need to learn to speak the word of God as God speaks to us. Now notice that the idea of speaking came from God. And so the words we speak need to come also from Him. We need to speak over our circumstances what God says to speak. Faith will always speak things. And you can tell where people are at. Just listen to what they're saying. 
We can tell when they get into prayer whether there's a bit of grunt inside them to stand up. It shall be done unto me according to the word of God. Sickness be gone. You need to learn to speak like God speaks. Let there be light. There's a decree. That's how God talks. Tree, no more fruit forever. Now Jesus talked. You see, that's the language of faith. The language of prophetic statements or decrees. And believe me, prophetic decrees can shift things in the realm of the spirit when you speak them out of your spirit, out of a heart of faith that is leaning on the word of God. So the prophet told him very clearly, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. We need to learn to speak over. Take some uh, take something that we do and speak over it. The Syria, the word Syrian means literally the inhabitant of the high ground. And the word Aphek means the stronghold or the fortress. So what he's saying is you'll smite demonic spirits and you'll tear down their fortresses until you've consumed them all. Now notice that God's plan is not you have a little breakthrough. God's plan is you have a total victory. He has made us more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us. More than conqueror means you don't just have a little win, you have a great old breakthrough and the enemy's routed. Now most people are happy for a little breakthrough. So they come up, get prayed, get a bit of a breakthrough, but next week they've got the same issue because they never decided they were going to consume the enemy. David said this in Psalm 18. He said, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. Now we all understand distress we're all crying out to God, help, help, help. Oh, God, I'm your servant, help. That's what he did. And it says, and God heard in heaven and thundered upon his enemies and, and drove them away. So we've got a breakthrough. And he said, the Lord brought me into a large place. So every breakthrough enlarges you. Every breakthrough enlarges you. Every breakthrough enlarges you. Every failure diminishes you. Every breakthrough enlarges you. He said, the Lord brought me into a large place. Then, look at this. He said, then the Lord taught my fingers to fight and taught me how to war. And then he said, now, now notice this. He's already got the breakthrough. The enemy's gone. And then he said, I began to chase them. And I chased them. And I smote them. And I destroyed them. And they begged for mercy. And I gave them none. Yo, yo, yo down till there's nothing left that's a man of God that's King David he's called the son of David now so God is interested not you get a little breakthrough because someone prayed for you God's interested in you learning how to fight your problems how to stand up to your problems and beat them back until there's no more problem in that area again that's God's way God's way he teaches us to face issues to go for it and to pursue until we've totally destroyed the thing. It's no longer a problem. So you've got a smoking addiction. No, it's getting prayer. It's, and just someone, you know, you get a freedom for a couple of days and you're back on it again. You've got to decide. I was not made to be addicted to cigarettes. Those cigarettes are stealing my health. They're stealing my money. They're stealing my confidence. They're stealing my heart before God. I've got to get rid of them. I'll smite them. Stamp them underfoot. That's a good prophetic action. Stamp, stamp, stamp. And you've got to do it every day. You've got to declare over these things. Notice what he said here. He said, take the arrows. He took them. He said, smite them on the ground. He smote them on the ground three times. Done my bit. 
Smile. So, so persistent follow-through is needed if you're going to get any lasting breakthrough. You have to follow through. You have to persist until you bring it to an end. Don't know what God can do. Think total victory. Victory is in a proportion to the obedience, the level you'll do what God says to do and keep doing it until finally there's a breakthrough. See, some people have a go, well, I gave it up for a couple of days and then it all came back and I started to feel addicted again. And, and what would you do then? Well, I had another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, you're back to square one again. You lost ground. You gained ground, gotten large. Now you lost ground again. You've gone back again. Get up and fight. Get rid of the things out of your life. Determine you'll break through. And as we have ever step back, get up. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Though we fall, though we fall, he'll not be utterly cast down. Lord lifts him up. Get him on the feet again. Now go back there, boy. Fight that battle. That's how God wants you to think about life. I want you to lie down and roll around there in defeat and come every week, week after week to defeat. I want you to rise up, smite the ground, smite the enemy. Don't limit what God can do. See, David broke through. Nothing half-hearted. If you're going to get a victory, you've got to decide, I'll go for this thing until I've broken through. Until I've completely broken through, till it's not an issue for me anymore. I'm determined. When you do that, the enemy realizes you mean business and he backs off you. The devil's been around Christians for years. He knows exactly what they do. Get excited in the meeting, have a bit of a go, get a, bit, a little bit of a breakthrough. Then he'll just put, he'll wait a couple of days and push back on them again. And then he pushes back on them. They don't fight. They don't stand up. They don't determine to follow through. Don't determine to keep fight, 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 fight. What happens then? Pretty soon they're back into where they were before. Then they go through a cycle of defeat and victory, defeat and victory, defeat and victory. And then what they think is after a little while, oh, what's the use? I'll never break through. Once you're in that place, you are defeated. You're really defeated. You're like the man that's been in the boxing ring that got whacked on the head and fell on the ground. You decided, I don't think I'll get up again. You're not, da- you're not defeated until you won't get up. You're not defeated until you decide you're going to... You know, interesting, in, in, uh, in Vietnam, one of the reasons Americans lost, lost Vietnam was because they never decided to win. They never decided to win. In other words, to do everything needed to win. So they politically made some decisions and militarily lost the war. So you can't negotiate with the devil. You actually have to determine you're going to thump him. And then, of course, every area you defeat him, you've got now victory to defeat the devil and other people's lives. So you've got to be passionate and persistent. It requires a passion. That's what David had, a passionate, persistent follow-through. So there it is. The enemy's determined to contain you. So where are you contained? Where are you contained tonight? Where are you locked up? Where are you suffering major defeats? Where are you? Here's number one. Come into the presence of God. Choose daily. I'll access the presence of God. Number two, make a decision. I'm going to fight this thing. I'm going to get, over, get the victory over this uncleanness. I'm going to get the victory over this habit and the victory over this problem. I'm going to get the victory over this thing in the workplace that seems to be against me all the time. Determined to fight. Next thing, lean on the Holy Ghost. Ask God to help you, give you, give you strategies. Lean on God to show you what to do because you need the strategies of God. You need to depend on the power of God to help you. Next thing, begin to take up, begin to do something. You've got to do something that's going to get a breakthrough. It's not just praying. Prayer alone without corresponding actions of faith don't get any results. So one thing you can do is begin to decrease. Speak prophetically. Another thing you can do is do the things God tells you to do. He told the man of God, go and smite on the ground. You see, if he kept on smiting, if he... That's what God was looking for. That's what he was looking for. Not some wimpy... 
half-hearted kind of thing. He was angry with them. You know why he was angry? Because an opportunity came to shift something that was major and important, and he lost it because of half-heartedness. And so the Bible tells you, read the story on there. The Bible tells us they had three battles, and they won three battles. They obtained cities back out of the hands of the enemy. But, but in terms of advancing, in other words, all they did was gain back what they'd lost. But they never expanded and had a great victory that gained them territory. And we need to have those. We need to have those things. There it is. Come to the Lord, into the presence of God, continually, daily. Determine in your heart. You're going to fight. You're going to stand up. You're going to walk through to victory in this thing. Lean on the Holy Ghost to help you, give you strategies, advise you. Whatever God says for you to do, do it. Take the actions, take the actions and words of faith. And then number five, persist, 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 persist until you get a breakthrough. When I taught in a Christian high school, God showed me a strategy to shift everything in my classroom. I took on that strategy. I kept at it for months. Actually, I kept at it for years. And in the course of the time, and get this, in the course of the time that I did it, I altered the atmosphere in the room so that people tangibly could feel the presence of God, not knowing what it was. We altered the atmosphere in the classroom so that people coming in were affected by that atmosphere. They were affected by the atmosphere. Grades went up. The whole classes began to grow. Over a period of a short period of time, about three or four years, everything in that whole area just grew and grew and grew and grew in the school because the atmosphere of God came in. Not only that, where young people get saved, all kinds of things happen. Now, I know you can do these things. You've got to realize you can do it and determine, I am going to not settle to be defeated. I'm not going to settle to be contained. I'm going to advance the kingdom of God first in my own life and secondly, everywhere around me. And I'm not going to be happy just to get a little breakthrough. See, a lot of people are happy to get their own breakthrough. Come, I've had a great meeting at church, and I felt better afterwards. Listen, that's not what God's interested in. That got, that got the king, that got the Elijah very angry. He says, it's not just about getting back your own freedom. It's not just about getting back some things the devil's taken from you. It's actually about a decisive victory that liberates lands which are held by the devil, takes up new territory. That's what we're called to do. New territory for Jesus Christ. Why don't we bow our heads right now? Father, we just thank you for your presence here tonight. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit in this place. And we thank you, Lord, you're stirring your church to arise. Lord, tonight we were singing it, but we didn't know what we were singing. Lord, tonight as we sang the words arise, we were singing the words of a sweet song, enjoying the music, and not even realizing that prophetically you were wanting us to speak over our lives, to speak over one another. Rise up. Arise. Arise. Arise, arise, get in the presence of God. Make a decision, you're going to fight. Lean on the Holy Ghost. Listen to divine strategy, begin to do it. Persevere, get a breakthrough, get a breakthrough. Let your light shine before men. Lord, tonight we sense right now that atmosphere's changed. Lord, tonight in our lives we determine to have a breakthrough.